Good morning, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast. Today, I've decided to do poems by Sarah Kay. She is a phenomenal author and a wonderful person, and she and her friend Phil Kay help run the uh, Project Voice, which is just amazing. The first poem is Astronaut. I see the moon. The moon sees me. The moon sees somebody I don't see. God bless the moon and God bless me. And God bless the somebody that I don't see. If I get to heaven before you do, I'll make a hole and pull you through. And I'll write your name on every star. And that way the world won't seem so far. The astronaut will not be at work today. He is called in sick. He has turned off his cell phone, his pager, his laptop, his alarm clock. There is a fat yellow cat asleep on his couch. Windows against his window panes and not even a hint of kitchen of coffee in the kitchen air. Everybody is in a tizzy. The engineers on the 15th floor has stopped working on the particle machine. The anti-gravity room is leaking, and even the freckled kid with glasses whose only job is to take out the trash is nervous, fumbles with the bag, spills a banana peel and a paper cup. Nobody notices. They are too busy calculating how much this will mean for time lost, how many galaxies we are losing per second, and how long before the rocket can be launched. Somewhere, an electron flies off the energy cloud. A black hole has erupted. A mother finishes setting the table for dinner. A law and order marathon is running. The astronaut is asleep. He has forgotten to turn off his watch, which ticks like a metal pulse against his wrist. He does not hear it. He dreams of coral reefs and plankton. His fingers find the pillowcases, sailing masts. He turns on his side, opens his eyes once. He thinks that the scuba divers must have the most wonderful job in the world. So much water to glide through. Worst Poetry by Sarah Kay Without question, you are the worst thing that ever happened to my poetry. And I'm serious. I've heard the writer's block about this is ridiculous. My poetic fluidity Fluidity has dried up faster than a woman hitting menopause to the point where this dry spells got me praying for some inspirational discharge to leak from the folds of the gray gray matter in my brain. Shit. See what I mean? I've been thinking for far too long with my heart instead of my head, and I think people may be starting to notice, and I've got a reputation to uphold, man. And no, it's not my time of the month, so don't ask. It's my time of the day, or what used to be, when I could sit down and write a really gritty, angry poem, one that just seethes with angst, but now I can't, because I'm too damn happy, or should I say, sappy. 
because I used to watch Face of the Nation for inspirational news, then West Wing for inspirational hope, turn out great political satire right with biting wit and sarcasm, but I can't do that anymore. You know why? Because I don't watch those shows anymore. Because you've got me watching the stars. And I don't mean Brad, Angelina. No, no, no. I mean the stars. You've got me watching them. Thinking about whether you're watching the same ones as me. And maybe that would make a good poem. And 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 this is crap. Like a slap across the face of my muse, who's had to withstand so much abuse. She's threatened to leave my side, leave my mind. I try to tell her, please, it's just not a good time. But she leaves me with my pleas and my really bad rhymes, and I can't do this. I refuse to let my words sink to such levels of atrocity, refuse to submit to roses are red and violets are blue, my poetry sucks and it's all thanks to you, but you turn my brain into mush and it's hard not to let the thoughts run off in moments of ridiculous romanticism and irrelevant metaphors like dipping my tongue and hands into a paint can of my mind, I splatter gluey gobs of thought on the wall. Then watching the rest of the world tries to make sense of my lovesick babble, they come with black sharpies and try to connect the dots, forming man-made constellations with nonsensical thoughts. And this has to stop, because writing an abstract metaphor so that you think I have more poetic view on the world than you is against my poetic ethics, which rhymes with ethics, which incidentally is one more poem topic you've now rendered useless, because I'm a hapa, means I'm mixed blood, means I've never fit inside the checkmark box, always fell between the cracks, and always write about finding my culture, where I belong. But those poems have fallen to the wayside as I find I belong up against your chest, your arms around my back, my head under your chin, eyes closed. I sit down to write a poem, and the only thing in my head is you, and I don't understand why you're the worst thing that ever happened to my poetry if you're the best thing that ever happened to me. Thank you so much. I'll pause here to talk about today's sponsor, and then I'll return with more Sarah Kay poetry. Welcome back. This next poem is titled Scaffolding. You would hate this song. There's not enough guitar, and the words go on too long. You would say, I don't do words. I don't do colors. I just do naps. I just know numbers. The picture I gave you didn't make it on your wall. And did your roommates ever tell you just how many times I've called? I've learned things don't happen and then disappear. Once they happen, they are still here. And you can move on and forget them, but they still exist somewhere. So no matter how far behind you leave them, they still wait for you there. This is the house I grew up in, but this is not my home. And without that scaffolding, these walls are having a hard time standing on their own. I sure miss your coffee, and only you know what I mean. It's been a while since I've had that kind of fresh, pure caffeine. 
you know, it's monsoon season. The water's high. The rain keeps falling, and so do I. And someone outside my window has honked three times in a row, and I bet that they are wondering just what I'm waiting for. This is the house I grew up in, but it's not my home. And without that scaffolding, these walls are having a hard time standing on your own. Did you forget all of the car rides, and did you forget all the 4 a.m.s? How did I get back here on the outside? The next one is postcards. I had already fallen in love with far too many postage stamps when you appeared in my doorstep wearing nothing but a postcard promise. No, appear is the wrong word. Is there a word for sucker punching someone in the heart? Is there a word for when you're sitting at the bottom of a roller coaster and you realize that the climb is coming, that you know what the climb means, that you can already feel the flip in your stomach before you've even moved? There should be. You can only fit so many words in a postcard, only so many in a phone call, only so many into space before you forget that the words are sometimes used for things other than feeling emptiness. It is hard to build a body out of words. I have tried. We both have tried. Instead of lying your head against my chest, I tell you about the boy who lives downstairs from me, who stays up all night practicing on his drum set. The neighbors have complained. They have busy days tomorrow, but he keeps practicing thumping through the night, convinced, I think, that practice makes perfect. Instead of holding my hand, you tell me about the sandwich you made for lunch today, how the pickles fit so perfectly against the lettuce. Practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Repeat the same mistake over and over, and you don't get any closer to Carnegie Hall. Even I know that. Repeat the same mistakes over and over, and you don't get any closer. You never get any closer. Is there a word for the moment you win a tug of war, when the weight gives and all the rope comes tumbling towards you, how even though you've won, you still end up with muddy knees and scratches on your hands? Is there a word for that? I wish there was. I would have said it when we were finally alone together on your couch, neither of us with anything left to say. Still, now, I send you letters into space, hoping that some mailman somewhere will track you down and recognize you from the descriptions in my poems, that he will place the stack of them in your hands and tell you, there's a, still, there's a girl who still writes you. She doesn't know how not to. Thank you so very much for listening and joining me on this wonderful episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast. All of these poems were by the wonderful Sarah Kay. Make sure to check her out and maybe buy one or two of her books because she is phenomenal. And as always, I'll see you again tomorrow for another episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast.